I live unbanked off of cryptocurrency, and I use BitRefill extensively because it lets me pay with crypto at places that don't yet accept it directly. This one service, more than any other, helps me live on crypto. Pay your prepaid phone bill, or buy gift cards to thousands of major retailers around the world, all with cryptocurrency, including for exact amounts so you don't have to buy more gift credit than you need for a specific purchase. You can use BitRefill without an account, but if you get an account, you can earn rewards points, which translate to savings, and you can also hold a balance denominated in dollars or euros to protect yourself against market crashes. Go to bitrefill.com, click Create Account, and enter the referral code DCN, or follow the link in the description. Hey everyone, happy Friday. Welcome to another News Roundup. And this is probably going to be the last one that isn't live. Um, currently, there's still just a lot of people around the house that are um, doing construction and things like that. So it's not exactly conducive to, to live things. Um, the internet seems to be relatively stable, so hopefully we get back to a, um, a more live thing next time. And then we start bringing back guests and then everything is back you know, to normal and better. Um, so yeah, let me start jumping right into these things. This is a, um, an interesting one. Um, Bitcoin bear market over as metric hints that BTC exchange balances hit four year low. Um, yeah, so basically, um, there's some evidence that maybe the Bitcoin bear market might be over because, uh, obviously, exchange balances have hit a four year low, which usually means you know, people have already taken all off, they're not really buying, they're kind of withdrawing. There's a ton of trading going on. Now, I don't know about that for just a single sole metric because we did have like the top of the um, bull market. We did have the top of the bull market hit around, you know, last December, was it? And so this is like not even like nine months later, just a few months later. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, it's already over. It's going to go back up. I mean, we might have hit the bottom of the market we might not have i don't know i don't really care uh but i don't think that this is like it's all up from here i think that we're going to have another we might go a little bit lower this year this just my again i'm not a financial advisor obviously <laughs> you should never take anything i say as that um and i'm not really too much of a market analyst either so just my gut feeling based on being through you know bull and bear cycles in the crypto markets for the last nine years straight is is probably going to be it might go lower it might not but it's probably going to be another f couple years before you start to see things like go up again so uh, it is a good kind of indicator that things are sort of settling down a little bit that it's not quite so much you know just constant bloodbath over and over and over but you know i would be prepared for a little more down maybe and definitely sideways action for at least a year just based on previous you know based on previous evidence, the way things have gone before. Although the wor the way the world is going crazy these days, nothing really surprises me anymore. I mean, it could be that fiat starts to collapse in the next year and then crypto goes through the roof or something, or it could be, yeah, who knows? But anyway, that's just that. Let's talk about the Ethereum split. So um, obviously, as I, you might have heard, the Ethereum um, Ethereum's moving to the merge in probably sometime in the next couple months and basically going full proof of stake, which has been the plan for a long time. And of course, what that does is it cuts out miners. All the Ethereum infrastructure currently is proof of work miners. 
And if they just aren't needed anymore, there's a bunch of people who've invested a ton of capital into running the network and making a business off of this who just now it's useless. So where will they go? Well, let's look at this. So um, Ethereum's, uh, so basically, um, Ethereum chain split is possible after the merge survey finds. Um, and so Ethereum Classic has uh, been pumping recently because it's, you know, a fork of Ethereum that will not be merging to proof of stake, etc. And so maybe all the miners are just going to jump over there and mine the one coin that they can continue to mine profitably, hopefully, without, you know, just trashing their equipment and being gone. But um, anyway, a survey from crypto hedge fund uh, Galoy Capital uh, recently re- revealed that 33.1% of respondents believe that the merge would create two parallel blockchains, ETH1 and ETH2. Nevertheless, most respondents, 53.7%, expect Ethereum's chain to smoothly transition from proof-of-work to proof-of-stake. So it's going to be interesting, though. I mean, in my opinion, most of the Ethereum um, community, most of the will, and most of the development talent, et cetera, is all going towards like the proof-of-stake side of things. I don't think that there's a lot of like intellectual um, backing behind proof-of-work for Ethereum. Of course, there is a strong pro proof of work community. I personally think that it still has a place in crypto's world. Of course, Bitcoiners are big into that, and they're, Bitcoin's never going to not be proof of work, at least as long as it's still Bitcoin. I mean, I really don't see that changing ever. It it would be more likely that another project takes over the number one spot, and then this Bitcoin just kind of fades away rather than that change. But as far as how much is there on Ethereum willing to do that, I mean, Ethereum Classic kind of was like a Ooh, look at us too thing after the the DAO hack in 2015. And it, as far as I know, never really picked up any steam. Is just basically like a ghost chain now, but keeps pumping and stuff. And I really can't see a lot of permanent action on that. And I also can't really see regular Ethereum just being proof of work Ethereum and then just like doing that instead. And yeah, I just I just think it's gonna there might be a split, okay? But I don't think it's gonna persist. I don't think it's gonna be much of an anything. It might just be a quick pump and dump type deal. That's just my opinion. All right, here we go. Voyager. <laughs> Fed demands Voyager remove false claims that deposits are FDIC insured. The Fed and the FDIC allege that Voyager made various representations online that his funds were FDIC insured. So, basically, um, the Fed and FDIC alleged that Voyager made various representations online, including its website, mobile app, and social media accounts, which suggested it was, one, Voyager itself is FDIC insured, and two, customers who invested with Voyager uh, would receive FDIC insurance coverage for all funds provided to, held by, on, or with Voyager, and three, the FDIC would insure customers against the failure of Voyager itself. So... Um. Yeah, <laughs> basically, FDIC would be insuring cash deposits in case like a bank failed, and so Voyager was allegedly making some sort of false claims on that. So, in case you've been living under a rock, Voyager is like a Coinbase competitor type thing, a big old cryptocurrency exchange that went bankrupt, right? And they has a lot to do with you know defaulting on you know, loans and stuff like that. And so 
basically a lot of customers don't have access to their funds and won't for a little while if they get all of it back. And a lot of them trusted Voyager because they thought that they their funds were insured, meaning that even if Voyager went bankrupt, that they'd still be okay. But guess what? That's not the case, is it now? Unfortunate. Um, yeah, I would not trust my money on any centralized exchange ever. Exchanges are for exchanging, right? You put money in, you get your crypto and you get it out vice versa you dump it on exchange get your money out your fiat out hey there you go you don't keep balances on there unless you want to lose them just the way things go i mean voyager was a pretty big contender too you wouldn't have expected them to kind of go belly up but it is what it is be careful who you trust um speaking of crashes by the way i did see this thing too where um Solana base stablecoin and IRV drops 85% following a $3.5 million exploit. A $3.5 million flash loan attack um, basically happened and there was a hack and a bunch of the reserves that were backing the stablecoin got drained. And so now the stablecoin itself is insolvent, went down 85%. Gee, where have we seen this before? Although... It's very similar, I guess, to the whole like Luna situation in that it's a stable coin that just depegged heavily and people lost a bunch of money. It's not quite like that in that Luna's kind of thing was like a, an algorithmic failure, more or less, that, um, you know, Luna was, you know, the UST stable coin was backed by Luna, meaning that you could burn UST mint to Luna and vice versa, and that would kind of like stabilize the price and it became way too UST heavy and became like a flash crash mechanism. And they had some Bitcoin reserves, but they just used those to like buy a bunch of UST to like pump the coin briefly and then, you know, go away. Whereas it appears that the NIRV uh, stable coin was actually backed by assets in a smart contract, which was exploited and boom, lost. And now the stable coin crashed. Um, I wonder when people are going to stop kind of trusting these stable coins. In my opinion, Stable coins are just fake, fake money anyway. And so the only stable coin you should trust is something that's backed one for one by the original asset, meaning if it's like Tether or USDC or BUSD or whatever it is, if there are the equivalent amount of dollars in a bank account somewhere and it's provable and audited, looking at you, Tether, audited that it's there, that's backing the thing. You can kind of trust, as long as it's directly redeemable one for one for the asset, you can trust that. On a lesser extent, any stable coin that is redeemable, for directly redeemable, trustlessly redeemable especially, for an asset that has outside value. Like let's say you had a Bitcoin-based stable coin. It was like pegged to the US dollar, but had a bunch of Bitcoin reserves. And anytime you wanted to redeem it, you could get a dollar worth of Bitcoin directly without trusting someone like via smart contract or whatever for you know your one dollar of stable coin and then if ever the price of bitcoin crashed low enough um, to where the whole thing was insolvent it would just auto liquidate like auto refund everyone the bitcoin value of their thing something like that you can kind of trust but I'd still be wary about that stuff you know the problem with stable coins is they play with the value they say this should be worth this much we know in the free market that doesn't work. You can't tell people what they're supposed to value things. They will tend to if it's redeemable for something. But as soon as they start, you know, having uncertainty about it, then that depegs and then it can cause like a flash crash kind of event. So, yeah, be careful. Um, another thing on this Solana. Um, 
Uh, my buddy and former colleague, uh, Mark, tweeted something out about this. And I kind of feel bad because it sort of ratioed him a little bit. Because um, basically, Aaron, let me just get to the story, right? Um, Solana Spaces store to bring 100,000 people to Solana per month, says the CEO. The new shop entertained about 400 crypto curious guests on opening day and hopes to host even more as other stores are open across the U.S. and the rest of the world. Um, so basically, there's a physical store in New York City, a Solana store. It's like a physical location. You can sell like Solana branded sneakers and like a bunch of other stuff. And just to like get people and wow, look, we have a physical store and um, props for trying it. But I think it's kind of like the entire reason to have a decentralized, <laughs> decentralized, funny there, huh? The entire reason to have a decentralized cryptocurrency so you don't have this kind of thing, right? You don't have a company holding stores. And like, what is the store going to sell? Solana? Like, you can already buy it on any kind of online exchange. Like, why do you go there? Oh, they got merch too. It's like physical retail locations are expensive. And as like a showcase for a decentralized blockchain, it's a little bit of a strange choice. And so I honestly think there's a little bit of a waste. I think that it will pump the coin, get people to be like, whoa, what is this? And then people, investors see the store and like, it's going places. Bye, bye, bye. They get dumped on and then it just doesn't end up well. But anyway, so I tweet, rep re I replied to the tweet that Mark put out and something about like, well, if you can't have a decentralized blockchain that like stays online, at least, you know, you can sell sneakers. And that got a lot more engagement and likes than the original tweet. Yeah, uh, I, I cannot, you know, don't want to make things hard for the guy, but I cannot resist a chance to dunk on Solana anytime I can. It just seems to be. I mean, it seems to be kind of like the new... Remember when people are dumping on XRP or Ripple the whole time? People are like, centralized garbage, all this stuff. It's not a real crypto. All true, you know? But it was like the darling of pro-decentralization people to like just dump on. And I think that people kind of have forgotten. Like now, Ripple is more the lawsuit with the SEC coin, <laughs> even though Library is arguably just as important, if not more important case. But... Now it's Solana is like the centralized shitcoin that people all dunk on these days. And based on what I've heard about it and based on what I've seen with like performance issues and other things like that, it deserves every little bit of, of reaming that it gets. So I won't, you know, I won't resist that opportunity. All right. And so finally here, um, we have the Cardano Vasile hard fork hit with another delay for several weeks. Um, it was originally scheduled well, not originally, to go live in June, but the team, teams behind the Cardano blockchain development have prioritized a smooth network transition. So allegedly, let me just verify the actual um, date it was supposed to go live. So the roadmap initially said May of this year, the hard fork would be at the next big upgrade. Um, but then it got pushed to the end of June. We were today, I guess, right? But then they found a whole bunch of serious bugs and then they had to postpone it. And you know cue all the other oh you know they never deliver oh it's all vaporware all that kind of stuff um i'm not too knowledgeable or familiar with cardano in depth um i don't know exactly how um i guess uh accurate and fair those kinds of judgments are but i will just take the opportunity to say remember how long ethereum was delayed ethereum 2.0 the whole merge and stuff and the merge is just proof of stake it's taken years and years and years and then the rest of 2.0 is sharding and all the other stuff is like years out still um and of course 
the personal sore spot is Dash Evolution or Dash Platform is more more commonly known these days that was like oh well what if we release it mid 2018 and then just well ended the and just ended up being branded never illusion <laughs> probably a little harsh but still you know uh, the shoe fits that probably will be released this year or early next year and is also taken for freaking ever everything takes everything good takes a lot longer to build than you think especially when doing something revolutionary not saying that's what cardano is doing but you know, bugs happen, things take forever. It just, I would say, be very pessimistic with dates, but more importantly, just don't cling to dates. It's like finish when it's finished, ship it as fast as you can, as long as it's reliable, and there you go. All right. So, um, yeah, that kind of wraps up the little news rundown. Not as much. It's been kind of a little bit of a slow week. I mean, you know, stuff's never too slow in crypto. There's been a bunch of stuff I've been personally working on, but it's not... Um, not necessarily newsworthy at least not yet but yeah things are all rolling along well for hopefully debut a live show next week one of these i will announce it ahead of time i will get everyone on board and you know interacting and all that kind of stuff have super chats all the other good stuff hopefully the week after that i bring back guests once everything's been stabilized everything's working and yeah well, we're going to be back in business um got a lot of stuff ready for uh the channel relaunch stuff we're working on some cool stuff but always tons of work ahead again no release dates promised i learned from ethereum cardano dash all the others okay so anyway thanks for joining me on this friday I hope you guys have a great weekend and i guess i'll see you next week thanks so much for listening if you enjoyed the podcast subscribe so you don't miss an episode and donate to support the show by going to my coin tree page that's cointr.ee slash the desert links and leave a message with your donation. Check out the show's sponsors. Live on crypto with BitRefill. Buy absolutely anything with crypto with ShopinBit. Avoid content censorship with Odyssey. Protect your privacy online with NordVPN. Get paid to search with PreSearch. All links are in the show notes.